Welcome back to Finding My Perfect Awkward. And this week I'm with one of two of Carson Kennedy on Mix 104.1. And she was on the first ever mental health panel for MSBC last year. Kennedy, hi. Hi. So nice to meet you or see you again. Morning Show Boot Camp is kind of just hustle and bustle. Uh, but I did get to see you on the panel and about 300 of us got to cry at the same time. Yeah, it was a moment. I'm I'm so grateful and I'm really excited to see what happens this year, quite honestly, because I don't think last year they knew the scope, you know. Yes. It lasts for a reason. And I don't think we'll be there next year. So I'm excited. I didn't know you. I didn't know your story. I didn't know a lot about you. And I kind of like a lot of people in the room, I think, got a whole bunch of information about the panelists all at one time. It was and a lot. <laughs> it was a lot emotionally and information wise. It was a lot to take in, uh, but it was also very eye opening, very relatable to see that people that we don't even know going through similar experiences. And that's, I think, why the entire room was in tears. Yeah, I think. You know, it, it, it's so much, it's such a bigger picture thing, but it's, you know, I'm fortunate enough to work at a place and with a team and with management that supports me talking about my mental health journey, for lack of a better word. Mm -hmm. It's a word that gets overused a lot, but I think it, it's apropos. But, you know, I think we think we're all, we all are supposed to look shiny, you know, that we have these cool lives and we get to meet celebrities and that we're on the radio and that our Instagrams look so cool. But at the end of the day, you know, we're just normal people and we're all kind of going through it. And I think, you know, there's been this stigma for a long time of talking about mental health. And I think we're kind of getting past that uh, in small portions, which is awesome. But I guess for me and for everybody who is on that panel, we've told our story so many times that it's just like, here it comes just, and, and, and to me saying, yes, I have anxiety and crippling depression and bipolar two disorder. And I just got diagnosed with ADHD. So that's fun. And to say these things out loud is kind of nothing, but I saw a lot of faces out there kind of go, you know, mm -hmm. that the fact that I was talking about it at all, or I think I saw a lot of people go, it's me, me too. And to have somebody else uh, speak your truth a little bit to allow that door to open and allow you to start having those conversations is such a wonderful space to be in. And I am honored to be a person who's been opening those doors as loudly as I possibly can. Um, because, you know, I never thought in a million years I was going to be in radio, to be quite honest with you, this is not a childhood dream, but here I am now. Mm -hmm. And, um, I feel like it's, I'm supposed to be here to make people laugh. And I'm supposed to be here to let them know that they're not alone and that they're going to be okay. And whatever they want to talk about is fine. We'll talk about it. And so yeah. I'm, I'm honored to be in this space right now, really, truly. Well, I think that any platform that somebody has needs to be used for good. And I've said that before, but I, I truly do think it's important and crucial. To well, every once in a while, if it's funny, but yes, mostly good. But that's what I'm saying. Like, it's, I mean, even funny is good. You know what I mean? If you could put a smile on somebody's face, that makes them happy, for, even for a split second. Oh, you know what 100%. I mean? We do a service here. People think our job is, is ridiculous, and it truthfully is. But at the yeah. end of the day, I think the most feedback I get from people on you know, when you get to see them in real life is the, I'm stuck in my car for two hours. Thank you for making me laugh. Like what yeah. bigger gift can you give someone than the gift of laughter? I think what we do is it's, it's, it's an honor. It's so much fun. 
<clears throat> yeah, and no matter what day part, you're essentially somebody's best friend for however long you're on there. You're talking to one person is what we're told our entire careers. Like we're talking to one person and to them, we are. Yeah, totally. So, even though we're talking pretty much to a wall the entire time or one <laughs> other person. <laughs> a window if you're lucky. A window if you're lucky. A window if you're lucky. And mine have no insulation, so I'm freezing most of the time. You are somebody who has been through a lot, a lot at one time, a lot through a long period of time. And I think that not only can a lot of people relate to it, but I think that it's also something that um, you can learn from. Yeah. I mean, when you just in the nature of having been in the industry for 20 years that I have. (laughs) Okay. I've seen it's fine. I am perfectly fine being my age. I have no problem with it at all. I just, I I find it so funny because 24 years. (laughs) you've seen kind of it all you've done it all you you lived through some of the sketchier days that you were living a different kind of a life and you know mm-hmm. I think that as as I've said as I said to many people at the morning show boot camp as the elder stateswoman <laughs> I I'm 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 taking this mantle very seriously I think that uh you know when you have the opportunity because I really haven't gone to morning show boot camp and I think I've gone twice in my whole life this is the third time I think maybe and um, it just wasn't something that I really enjoyed. And I think that was just because I have a really hard time being around people in yeah. public situations, which is yeah. wild considering what we do. But but I'm glad I went and I'm glad I had that opportunity. And I think that uh, one thing I would like to say to whoever's listening uh, or watching today is that, you know, I'm here. And if you need help, I'll give I'll help if I can help. I'll give advice if I can give mm-hmm. advice. I think there are a lot of really excellent women out there who've been doing this for a minute or two who have decided to be helpful to others. And I'm, and I think that's what we should be doing. You know, you have to do, you have to work on yourself and then you have to do your work at your job so that, you know, you can keep having your job. But I think ultimately radio is getting so small and it's getting harder and harder to get work. And so if I can be here for, especially young women out there, I walked, crawled, kicked and screamed so that you can run. And I, I will be here for you, 100%. More people than you might think are introverted in this industry. It's It's very isolating. You can have both kind of personalities and be able to thrive either way. Because if you're an introvert, well, you're just, you know, you're with one other person, you're by yourself or whatever the case, and you're just with a microphone. But (laughs) if you want the other side of it, then you're thriving because you get to talk to callers, you get to have the host, you get to have all these people at remotes and events and you get to thrive that way. So again, other people can relate. Other people can relate to both sides of the coin. Okay. Three things. If I can remember all three, it will be okay. a win. <laughs> um, first and foremost, it's your story. You tell it when you're ready. You don't have to tell your story ever. It's you don't have to. I think in radio, we feel like we are supposed to regurgitate everything about our lives. And that is how people will, um, find us compelling and interesting and that we always have to constantly be giving up of our private life and that nothing, nothing is off the table. Absolutely. Things can be off the table. Fuck that. If things want to be off the table, they can be. And, you know, I date a guy now. I'm never, ever going to say his name. I'm never going to say what he does for a living. I'm giving him his privacy (laughs) and that's on that. His name is Mr. X and forever will be. Um, so it's your story to tell. And when you're ready to tell it, tell it. And if you're never ready to tell it, that's fine too. Um, I also think people are constantly judging us anyway. So what, 
You know what I mean? Like yeah. you have to think what we do for a living. There's people who will like us and people who will not. And that is just on that. And I believe energetically that there's a lot happening here. You work at a radio station with a giant tower that has energy being pulled from it at all times. And to think that that does not come down into our bodies, call me crazy, call me a little hippie, hippie dippy, but I just have firm belief in that. There's always people who don't like you and that's okay. Like Cat Williams says, if you have 14 haters now, get 15 by lunch. <laughs> you know, it's okay. People don't have to like you. And going through your life hoping that everybody likes you is exhausting and anxiety producing. And it's okay because those people aren't the people you need around you. It's finding the people around you that will support you. The people who want to be a part of your life. The people who want to be a part of your journey and be helpful in that journey. And the rest of the people can go live their lives and uh, go with God. Do your thing. I wish you all the best. But I'm not here to give any more energy to people who don't give it back. And it takes a long time, I think, to get there where sometimes, you know, I'm 52 years old. My bag of fucks is very empty. <laughs> I know it takes years to get there. As a younger person, I was very, please like me. It's so important. But I think at the end of the day, it just isn't, you know, if you're be a good person. Yeah. You know, but being concerned if somebody's going to think ill of you because you're dealing with a mental health thing, a physical thing, a life choice thing, whatever that is. No need. Life's too short, man. Find the people they're good and keep them close. When I moved, this was the first move, big move of my entire life. Like I, I moved out here for the job and for you, that is a brave, brave thing to do. Proud of you. Thank you. It was, I honestly wasn't even that scared when it first happened. I, I did it within a couple of months. It was bing, bang, done. Like I was here, whatever. Um, wasn't scared, was excited. Um, but I also, in the two years I've been here, reasons outside of this conversation, I fell into the like darkest, deepest uh, space I have ever been. Um, but I also learned the most about myself and what I'm capable of and the advocation that I can do for myself and for other people and for the good things in life um, and for protecting that peace that I do have um, and for seeking out the peace that I need. For a years long therapy to say what you just said. Good for you. <laughs> Good for you. Thank <laughs> you. It took a few years to weave out toxicity. And I, I, I think that a lot of people should start doing that and making that a priority if that's not already a thing. Just because somebody is somebody, as in like somebody is a family member, or somebody is this type of friend or quote unquote this type of friend or whatever the case, it doesn't matter. If they're toxic, if they're not good for you, you'll weave them out. However, you need to do that. Yes, ma'am. I think it's a big lesson to learn that, you know, like I said earlier, it doesn't matter if people like you or not, like everybody, you know, the people, you want the people to like you that are important, but people who are just yeah. using you or taking advantage or that's why oh. I have four friends, four, but they're good. That's all that matters. <laughs> if they're yep. good, it doesn't matter how many you got, as long as you got good ones. Yep. In everyday life, how do you keep that peace? But lots of therapy. I'm not lying when I say that. Mm -hmm. um, I'm constantly learning about the things that affect me. So as I said, you know, I have a new ADHD diagnosis. So now I read every book. <laughs> but I think constantly learning and finding tools to help you deal with the things. Because they're not just going to go away on their own. Nor will just taking medicine help. You know, behaviorally, you've got to do stuff. You've got to do the work. And as you say, put yourself in front of people that are 
that will give you that peace, that affords you that peace. Stay away from the people that want to steal the peace from you. Find you a dog. <laughs> yes. My dog saves my life every single day. His name is Elvis. He's a 12-year-old lab. He's not allowed to get any older. Oh, yeah. oh look at the baby. Yeah, baby. He's 12. So uh, he brings me great peace. Mm -hmm. I... I go for walks. I go to spaces that bring me joy. I eat foods that bring me joy, you know, and, and in this industry, you're surrounded by loudness. It's cacophonous all the time. There's yeah. pressure from every area, from sales, from traffic, from blah, blah, blah. You know, it's a, this is a tough place to find. So I don't sit here very long. I do my work and I go, I don't yeah. spend a lot of time spinning around um, <clears throat> in spaces that are filled with a lot of that of that crazy energy. Cause for me, I don't need it. But, um, but I think it's finding things that bring you joy and, and, and that make your heart feel good and that allow you to relax your jaw and to breathe <laughs> when you find those spaces, write that down and go back there because those are the places that are, that are good for you. You know, um, we're so busy, we're so busy and we think we have to be busy all the time. And if we're not busy, then we're lazy. You're allowed to do nothing. It's good for your head. Being comfortable with saying no is another whole another whole another thing, right? Oh, talk to me about my TED talk. If you ever <laughs> you say no, just come to me. I'll help. Because I have mastered that bitch. Yes, <laughs> for the most part, I have. I still say yes sometimes to things I shouldn't in terms of like work, but mm -mm, I have no problem saying no. I'm not going to that. But I get it. Again, it's a societal thing. You're supposed to partner up. You're supposed to have kids. You're supposed to. These are the things you're supposed to do with your life, and I have done none of them, and so. <laughs> absolutely no you don't have to do any of those things i don't want kids i don't want to get married you don't need a piece of paper to be with somebody for the rest of your life i agree um i was married a million jillion jillion years ago when i was 22 years old there should be a law and um we were married for like six years i want to say and then i've had numerous long-term relationships i am what i have called myself a serial monogamist for many years but um, I don't know. I think I might like to get married like before I die. The older I get, I think I might like to have someone around. But again, separate bedrooms. But um, <laughs> it's whatever it looks like for you. But again, I think that there's a lot of societal pressure for a lot of these things. Absolutely. Other people who do them, you know, that they're married and they have kids. They're like, oh, you should too. I'm like, listen here. To quote my mother, if all of my friends jumped off a cliff, would I too? No. Get, having a support system and realizing that you have a support system very important and crucial, but also being able to provide that support and be a support system is also. Agreed. 100% agreed. What advice do you have for somebody who, when we put what we've talked about so far and when, when we talk about media and first getting in and experiencing everything that media, radio, every aspect of media has to offer, what advice do you have for somebody who is either wanting to get in is already in and getting started? Okay, it's a big question. I think uh, one of the things that I did in my career is I learned how to do everything from answering the phones to working in the traffic department to whatever. I learned how to do everything. So you become a little harder to dispense with if you know how to do more things. And granted, this comes along sometimes with not being paid for those things, which is not something I recommend. However, you know, in the shrinking world of radio that we're in, you know, I, I've we certainly all have four jobs at least that we're doing these days. Yeah. And um, so I think, you know, there's a fine line there between being taken advantage of, but also just showing interest and in wanting to be a bigger part of how all of the radio works. Like it's one thing just to talk into the microphone, but how does the sound get? 
from here to the radio? How, you know, how does this work? How does that work? How can you fix something if it breaks? You know, yeah. I'm, I'm the kind of person that I always like to have a plan B. And like, if the engineer comes in and has to fix something, I ask him to, to show me how, if, if it's something I can be a part of, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, to teach me how, because I think that's important to understand all facets of what you're doing here. I think it's also, um, you know, look, look to the people who were there before you, you know, ask for help, reach out to folks. And I feel that for me anyway, the most part, anyone I've ever reached out to has been kind and wanted to reach back out. And if they don't, well, then, you know, but uh, take advantage of the people who've been doing this for a long time. Take advantage of people who have worked for a boss you might be new working for. Take advantage of all of that learn what you can, you know, get the little extra tips and tricks, pro tips and stuff like that. And then I would also say though, that, you know, I feel like in my early years, I had to do a whole lot of um, making myself smaller or pretending to be somebody that I wasn't to fit in, to make sure that, you know, for lack of a better word, you know, being around the male dominated sort of higher ups at a company and feeling the need to have to tell dick jokes just so they'd laugh. You know what I mean? Yeah, and right. I think I, I, I would encourage not, you know, be yourself, be who you are, because at the end of the day, that's who you're going to be and all the rest of it. You can see through the stuff that isn't real. Don't make yourself smaller to fit into a space because somebody else is taking up too much of it. You know, we, we <clears throat> it is a rough business it is a tough industry, but I think the work is still out there. You know, Carson and Carson t- uh, says this a lot because a lot of people come to him asking for help because he knows like everybody. And, um, you know, they'll be like, well, is radio dead? Is there even space anymore? And he is such a firm believer in radio. And, and so am I that terrestrial radio is still here. It's not going anywhere. And that the work is out there. The money is out there. Just go get it. You have to ask for it. And, just show that you're willing to do the work. Don't be taken advantage of, but show that you're willing to do the work. If you can find a space that that brings you joy, and then at the end of the day, you're bringing other people joy, then everybody wins. So don't give up. Keep going. Keep pushing. <laughs> I'll help if I can. <laughs> Where can people find you on social, Kennedy? Oh, okay, so um, on the instagrams and all of that i'm downtown kennedy and i think facebook is kennedy elsie and then our website is carson and kennedy um so you can find all of the things there where did the downtown come from so i lived downtown when we lived in memphis tennessee i lived downtown and so that's just uh... what it was. And, and i lived in the city here until just a few years ago that i moved out to the to the outskirts of the city, but it's too late to change it now. Yeah, why would you be outskirts? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Suburban Kennedy, I don't think so. No. <laughs> <laughs>